Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Do you need more time, Bonnie, to think of rebellious music? <laughs> You're golden. No, it's... it's the pressure was. Stuff's just going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to happen. And it's fine. Exactly. I put that much rum it's in her glass. I know. I know. I think It'll it needs to be the new intro, though. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen on the Girls Guide podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. I'm Lisa, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Katie, and Leah talking about our one cool revolutionary gal. Bonnie has already talked about Benazir Bhutto. Okay. I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. Since this is Revolutionary Month, I want to know what music did you listen to that was particularly revolutionary? It is a tough question because I'm thinking in my head, was it revolutionary to my parents that I was listening to it? (laughs) Or was it revolutionary to me? (laughs) Right? Was it revolutionary or rebellious? (laughs) I know, exactly. A little bit of both. The time that you were listening to it didn't feel rebellious. Yeah, it did. Exactly. Then for me, that's like uh, hardcore rap. So when I was listening to rap, that was very much a sign of like protest and rebellion against what was popular on Billboard, what was popular on radio, what was popular in school, um, and all that kind of good stuff. Listening to Public Enemy was definitely a form of uh, rebellious and revolution. Ah. And my parents hated it. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, so I'd say uh, political rap is where I'd kind of, like, nail it down specifically. So. Okay. What about you, ladies? Dun, 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 dun. Well, my parents banned MTV. Yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I didn't have much musical exposure other than like the cassette tapes my dad would buy of Motown at the Shell Station. Right. Ah. So Madonna so, could have been a form of rebellious space. protest for you. It could have, but I never heard her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She did sing like a prayer, so I can uh, see that being on the band list. <laughs> no, I, I had an embarrassing moment in high school where there's a music video on um, at school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's that weirdo prancing around the stage? And everybody like swiveled and looked at me. Right. It was Mick Jagger. Oh, well, Mick Jagger. Yeah. See, that he was is a weirdo, that though. was my my revolutionary. <laughs> oh, group. it was the Stones. You the don't Stones. get any more bad boy than the Stones. <laughs> Come right? on, I do love the Stones. So I will say though, like um, I took this course in high school that was English and history combined. Yeah, and they did a lot about the protest music that centered around Vietnam. Oh, so that's good, probably good, good. my first intro to the idea of using. Music as a source of rebellion and yeah. protest. And mm-hmm. I CCR, like Clayton's Clearwater yeah, Revival. And, oh, nice. Alice's Restaurant. You know, oh, Alice's Restaurant. I had restaurant. to go to school yes. to learn about rebellious music. I know, right? <laughs> At least you did. Yeah. Right? See? Oh, see? I do love that. Eddie Guthrie. Eddie Guthrie. I will take the, the Arlo's and the Woody's mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that. See? Bonnie, did you? So, because I'm a nerd. Yes. No. Bring it. <laughs> You I didn't do the raised... nerd glasses thing at the no, same time, I was though. I guess you can get right. nerdier than my answer. Bonnie's going to try. I was raised in the 90s. Yeah. So I have, like, the 90s music, but then I was also raised on 
oldies and queen yes. is very much a part of my personality. I mean, the queen part can't so, be wrong. Nope. <laughs> I wasn't so much there. rebelling against my parents as I was like the rest of society that I need to listen to these. I'm like, I yeah, know fair. all the oldies. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But in high school, I started to get into the heavy metal. Yeah. But, and most people would be like stereotypical, brah, right. rebellion, whatever. But there are studies done that said that the people that listen to the heavy metal have yeah. actually like stronger friend groups and are nicer people oh. than other people. Are they getting their wow. aggression out in the music sort of I thing? I don't know, but and everyone else can just suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I it fosters agree. that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yep. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> so, Lisa, you said Rolling Stones, but yes. do you have a different hardcore answer for your rebellion? Um, uh, well, there was. I did. I did have this brief crush on Alice Cooper. Oh, look at that! I always liked the bad boys. Millie Walker. Sorry, I always go to Wayne's World. His cameo oh. in Wayne's World, <laughs> where they're like, "We're going to go to the Alice Cooper show," and then backstage, Alice Cooper is talking about the Native Americans of Millie Walker. <laughs> and you know, it is very down to earth and intellectual. And I'm like, yeah. "That's the Alice Cooper I'd hang out." Yeah, with. yeah, exactly, exactly. He was just misunderstood. Right. My my mom. Mom did play on my graduation day from high school as loud as could be so I could hear it before I walked into the house. School's out forever. Oh, mm. props to the mom. Yeah. Mad she, props to the mom. I believe she only bought that album to play that song oh. on that day. I don't, she was not an Alice Cooper fan. Well, that but was I, nice. I approved the was sentiment, she, though. Was yeah. she even aware that Alice Cooper was a man? I don't think that she was. <laughs> Unless he was on the cover, I don't think my mom knew what Alice Cooper looked looked like <laughs> but she bought uh she bought the record so she could play it <laughs> that is cool that is wonderful exactly Go mom. <laughs> well who do you have for us lisa well, i have a trio of women nice. actually how rebellious of I, know, right? I know right exactly. actually they're they're I mean, it, they're barely women. Gotcha. They're like um, teenage they, women? Yeah. They're like youngest women. Nice. There yeah, you go. Young, okay. young, young. Yeah, babies. Um, <laughs> when when they were out doing their rebellion. Right. Um, I am going to talk about three Dutch women. Yeah. Truce over Stegen, Freddie over Stegen, They were sisters. Gotcha. And Hanny, um, born Johanna, Shaft. Um, all three were assassins in Holland against the Nazis. Nice. Yes. And I can't, I'm kind of finding myself going through this Brad Pitt in Glorious Bastards. I'm going to kill me some Nazis. Need some Nazi scouts. Right. So here's some background because when I was reading, I read a couple of books about this. And when I was reading the books, I found it was helpful for me to remember these things. Mm-hmm. Truce was born in 1923. Freddie was born in 1925. Okay. And Hanny was born in 1920. Okay. It was 1940 when Germany invades. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Truce was 17, yeah. Freddie was 15, Hanny was 20. Wow. Gotcha. Um, And it, was, it wasn't until 1945 that Germany was finally defeated in the Netherlands. Right. So, Max's age was 25. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um... 
here's some other background because yeah. I'm like a complete nerd and I kind of got <laughs> you come to, to know the right, right spot. Bonnie's already doing the we're, we're in a library. <laughs> exactly. I had to get out a map to figure this out. <laughs> Netherlands was very strategic to Germany yeah. because it's just east of Germany. Yeah. And then across the sea is England. Right. So it was very, very key. Mm-hmm. Um, and another key point that you need to know is that there wasn't many automobiles. Oh, so okay. it, the the Dutch primarily traveled on bicycle. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. So that's key too. Okay, okay. Anyway, truce... <laughs> Bonnie's Bonnie's got her thinking I, face I'm on. I'm sitting here like thinking of like Nazis <laughs> riding on bicycle. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be telling you later about like a Dutch drive by. <laughs> <laughs> That has a whole nother context to it. Only one man in this town owns a car. (laughs) Yeah, it was primarily just used for agriculture and transporting goods. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, um, the all three women had social, socially active or politically active parents. Okay. Um, Truce and Freddie's parents were communist activists. Gotcha. Um, and Hanny's parents were socialist activists. Kind of side of the same coinish. Very similar, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they grew up having political discussions at the dinner table. Makes um, sense. And that really prepared them for the resistance movement when it came about. Yeah. Um, the Overstegian girls grew up in Harlem and helped distribute communist flyers that their mother printed at their home. This so Harlem before. in the Netherlands or yes. Harlem, uh, Har- Harlem. Harlem in the Netherlands? <laughs> I'm like going to New all... York? I know. I know. I and New, no, no, no. New York was called New Amsterdam initially, yes, right? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and again, I am a nerd. <laughs> You're totally at home here. <laughs> um, they, Her parents also, um, after Germany um, started going more towards the Nazi party, they, her family, also, their family also helped shelter and move Jewish children uh-huh. as they were on their way to England. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of like an underground railroad sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. A, a stop on the way to exactly. safety. Exactly. Got exactly. it. Exactly. The Overstegian girl's father was very much a dreamer and really not suited to family life. And he left the, when the girls were quite young. Gotcha. And I think mom just said good riddance. Right. Ta-ta. <laughs> Don't um, fight it, girls. <laughs> right. Right. And and like they would see him around town. He stuck around right. in town, but really had no involvement in their lives. <laughs> Um, but mom continued with the, the communist flyers and, and in her her communist um movement mm-hmm. um hanny on the other hand grew up shelt- very sheltered her older sister died when she was quite young and her parents just kind of became helicopter parents and yeah. were hovering over her makes sense um so she wasn't allowed to socialize much because her parents were concerned about her safety and her health mm-hmm. um one of the examples they gave was that she would wear have to wear a sweater in sweltering heat oh. because her parents were afraid she was going to catch cold. She could catch cold. You might get exactly. pneumonia out there. Poor little thing. <laughs> um, Hanny had red hair, which okay. is very unique. And she got teased a lot for her red hair oh. and her just her overall awkward social awkwardness. Gotcha. 
Um, so what does one do in that situation? You become a bookworm. Oh, there you, you go. become a nerd. I was going to say mm-hmm. you dye your hair, but you know, you become the, a yeah. nerd. Book nerd. You become Aunt Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she became a bookworm, and cool. um, at the time that Germany invaded, she went to college to study international law um, in Amsterdam. Nice. Okay, so she was in Amsterdam. They were in Harlem. Um. This I got started down this little rabbit hole about these three women by a bartender at Sid's. Shout out to Rhonda. Right. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Rhonda. (laughs) Rhonda told me about this book called Seducing and Killing Nazis. And Ah, with a title like that. Exactly. (laughs) Sign me up. So, you know, but at first I was really kind of scared skeptical um you know i i i kind of was almost afraid that this was the pretty woman syndrome you know i hate that movie yeah 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 you know well when a woman's down and out she can always become a whore (laughs) oh sure and then she has no other options and then prince charming will come and he shows up in a white limo i mean that's Mm. his white horse i mean my god i know (laughs) i hate that movie and i probably just made a lot of enemies but (laughs) you're fine anyway um after reading these, I read two books on this. After reading two, these two books about these women, I realized that I was really coming from a point of privilege about war. Right. I had yeah. no idea, really, the, the horror ugly of decisions wars. you have to make. Yeah, um, there was famine. Mm-hmm. Um, clothing and heating resources were being sent to Germany because, you know, uh, it takes a village to run a war. Right, And exactly. to take over the world. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So send it all to your oppressor. Exactly, <laughs> no. exactly. Um, property was confiscated. Um, there was a town on the um, seashore that faced England. Mm-hmm. They totally decimated the town because they oh. were sure that's where... They, the allies were going to invade oh. and they wanted to be able to see it. They just bombed it. Right. Um, you know, property was confiscated. Um, people were pulled out of their homes and sent to camps. Mm-hmm. Um, they rounded up ordinary citizens and executed them in retribution for things that the resistance fighters had done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rumor I would can, get you killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see now. Um, you know, how somebody might be willing to just say enough is enough and yeah. stand up. I got to do something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially after these women had these kinds of lifestyles. Yeah. Um, where they were growing up hearing about political activism and, and involvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the examples was that Truce and Freddie um, saw a mother who was carrying an infant being hurried out um of a, a building and one of the cops kneecapped her oh. and she dropped because she wasn't going fast enough she she oh. fell the baby's head hit the curb and died oh my, oh my god. god yeah yeah, yeah. it's just horrible. yeah i was think hitting her is gonna make her go faster right exactly well, because control it's and easy, power it's and easy to hate nazis yeah. it's easy to hate <laughs> nazis steven spielberg has taught us nothing yes, <laughs> yes. except for cardboard or, nazis yes yeah we hate nazis <laughs> anyway um i'm gonna tell you a little bit about the invasion um the bombing was r- relentless in yeah. the netherlands and it fell in five days they had no defenses gotcha. they had i mean Mm-hmm. Their, their military was yeah. on bicycles. I know. Right? Exactly. God, yeah, I'm not go. exaggerating. Right, their right. military was on bicycles. 
<laughs> relatively um, peaceful country, not yeah. a big military power country. Right. Yeah. Bicycles. And, <laughs> and the girls saw a lot of horrors during that time. Yeah. Um, the first thing the Germans did after they took over was they freed all the jailed German sympathizers. Right. Of course. So immediately you got these people with an axe to grind suddenly in power. Yeah. Oh, yay! That can go well. Yeah. Then they started whittling away at Jewish rights. Jewish, mm-hmm. The Jewish people couldn't go to public places. They couldn't work for the government. They had to be mm-hmm. identified as Jewish on ID cards. They weren't allowed to use public transportation. They had to wear the yellow stars. Right. Um, and in particular, Hanny had a couple of close Jewish friends at the university. This becomes important later on. Gotcha. Hanny's first act of rebellion was to steal identification cards. She ah. knew somebody who forged cards. Ooh. So she would take the cards and, and people would forge them and, and then she could give have. them to her friends. Yes, it is. She could save lives that way. Exactly. Get them out of the country out of a different name and yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. allow them to move freely throughout yes. the country. Yeah. And one of the things that she used to do was like she would go into public um, swimming pools oh. and go through the lockers and oh. find identification cards and then slip out. Nice. Um, Truce and Freddie, on the other hand, started distributing anti-Nazi publications. And later, her, their mother started printing those at their home. Gotcha. And again, they continued um, ferrying people, Jewish people, in and out mm-hmm. of their home and, and to other places on their way to England. Yeah. The power of the pamphlet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The first big involvement that Truce and Freddie got involved with was to organize a large group of teenagers to show up on their bikes and during a talk being given by a big Nazi official. Okay. And what they all did was they all started ringing their bike bells. And drowned him out. Oh my right. god! Right, but it was, it was an adorable protest. <laughs> it was, but it was it was such a mm-hmm. large group, yeah. that it it made the Germans very uneasy. They uh, thought it was going to be easy walking into the Netherlands because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're next door. They're our friends. Of and we're all much alike. Yeah, right. this will be easy. And they realized it wasn't going to be easy from that point forward. Interesting. Yeah. The power of the bike bell. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. In 1941, then, there started to be brawls between Jewish and Nazi groups. And one Nazi leader was killed. Um, They rounded up 425 Jewish boys and sent them to concentration camps in Germany. And that was the first move to the camps. Gotcha. Um. In rebellion, the Labor Party started a strike that was held by civil workers all over the country. Um, And it was huge. Nice. Big, big strike. The Nazis came in and they were given orders to shoot whoever they felt like. Mm. Nine protesters were killed. It could have been worse, but still. Right. Wow. So tensions were getting higher and the grip was getting tighter. Yeah. Um, At that point, Truce and Freddie were recruited to become assassins. Truce nice. was 18. Freddie was 16. Oh, my gosh. When I was 16, I was trying to figure out how to drive a stick. I you know. know. <laughs> my youngest baby is 14 right now. Yeah. I mean, she would be a really good assassin, but I would be so worried. She's good at whatever she's, she puts her mind she to, put right? Her mind, if she wanted to kill some Nazis. <laughs> she could kill some Nazis. Who am I to stop her? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Look at 
look at that. Yeah. Um, the reason they were chosen was because this recruiter knew their mother. His name was Franz, and I've lost his last name. Was his brother's name Hans? Sorry, that's yeah, a Saturday Franz night, and Hans. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm glad I will pump that. you up. <laughs> I'm glad you know that reference. I know. Sorry, I'm old. <laughs> um. They said their age and their gender made them inconspicuous to the Germans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't see women. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they would never suspect a woman. And, women didn't have any power. And so. Freddie always looked younger, I guess. Uh, she, she always yeah. she had a very youthful mm. appearance. Yeah. So she always looked younger than her age. Cute. Anyway, he comes <laughs> to their he comes Nazi to their burgers. house. No, exactly. <laughs> Use it to your event. You yeah. look ten. You look ten, oh. yeah. <laughs> Right. So this recruiter comes to their home, speaks with the mom a little bit. Mom leaves the room. He's left with the girls in the living room. And he tells them what he wants them to do, that he he wants them to join the resistance. Mm -hmm. And he says, could you kill a Nazi? Right. (laughs) Freddie said, I've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Honesty. (laughs) Let me think about it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Truce was much more careful and said that only if they were truly bad people, okay. you know, who who took people from their homes or killed people, okay. um, and sent them or sent people to the camps, could she she do that? Right. So Nazis, Nazis. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say much Nazis. Yeah, Nazis. exactly. Let's let's for the rest of this, it's Nazi, <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Anyway, the mother later asked them what was discussed, and true truce downplayed it. Uh, Mom told them, "Be careful, but always remember to stay human." Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, a few days later, they met with the recruiter at a at an agreed upon place on an estate. And the recruiter came out of the shadows with the gun and and told them that he was a Nazi. And asked the girls to tell, uh, demanded that the girls tell them where Jewish people were hiding. Right. Um, Was it a test? It was. (gasps) It was a test. The girls. Yeah. One of them kicked the gun out of his hand. She went all kung fu fighting. Nice. And um, then they both started beating on him. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so proud. I know. (laughs) Well, clearly they passed the test. Right. Sweet. Um, Meanwhile, in Amsterdam, Hanny is still stealing IDs. Okay. In 1942, um, in the fall, before that, the the, uh, Freddie and Truce are doing mostly... Like um, smuggling guns, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, they're supplies, n- they're, supplies. And stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not until the fall of '42 that they have their first encounter with an assassination. Freddie and Trues were instructed to tart themselves up and <laughs> play up to an SS officer in a cafe. I like it. Tart yourself up, right? <laughs> I don't have the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um. Freddie and Truce were waiting for, were waiting in this cafe and this guy showed up and Freddie kind of got dismissive toward, no, Truce kind of got dismissive towards Freddie and said, you know, why don't you go run along, little sister, you know, kind of thing, dismissing her. In actuality, what Freddie was doing was going as lookout. Ah, okay. Truce then convinces him that she knows this really romantic woods Mm -hmm. and they need to go there. Right. 
so they mm-hmm. walk off into the woods and when they get to a, a designated point mm-hmm. the um recruiter is there with a gun and he shoots them oh look mm-hmm. at that lured yeah. him into the trap yeah <laughs> There were a couple of other people there to um, help hide the body, but the shot did attract attention. Okay. The girls, uh, everybody scattered, and except for Freddie, who was so freaked out. Oh, by a dead body. She just froze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, In fact, she wet herself. Oh. I don't think it can be easy. I don't either. I don't either. Mm -hmm. And um, Truce ran back and and got her, and they went home and spent the night crying. Yeah. It it was very hard on them. I can see that. Um, In 1943, Hanny leaves Amsterdam to go back to her parents' home in Harlem because... The schools had effectively shut down. Gotcha. And she brought her two Jewish friends with her for hiding. Truce and Freddie, meanwhile, continued assassinations. <laughs> they were tarting themselves up and bringing exactly. Nazis into the woods. Nazis. Look at that. Um, <laughs> an, one particular night, it was um, Labor Day in Holland, and they decided to hang a huge... Um, Soviet Union flag with the sigh and the sickle mm-hmm. right on the wall right in front of the police station. Oh. And, you know, the Soviet Union right. was part of the Allies. Yes. So that was just sacrilegious. Um, however, it did rally together the townsfolks mm. and Woke really, yeah, really made the cops angry. <laughs> So they had to get out of Dodge. Gotcha. Um, they went to a small town and um, worked as nurses in a hospital. Oh, huh, okay. And that's where they met Hanny. Okay. Hanny was doing the same. Ah. Um, Hanny had then vol- went to the local resistance group there and volunteered because she wanted to do more than just steal IDs. Gotcha. Um, volunteer. These resistance groups were independent of each other. I'm not even sure they were really known by each other. Right, right. Um, so it was. It wasn't like they were trading information or anything. They were just. They were very they were, small groups. Yeah, they yeah. were just kind of doing the same thing without knowledge of the other. Right, right. Yeah. Very independent in a way. Strategically, that might make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um. Anyway, they were. She was in, Hanny was introduced to Freddie and Truce, and mm-hmm. Hanny started helping the girls with their German, oh. so they could become more successful assassins. <laughs> I like it. Um, there was another strike that was attempted, and um, it wasn't as big as the one a couple of years prior, mm-hmm. but they clamped down even harder and shot one hundred um, Dutch Oof. people for their um, involvement Invol- yeah. in it. Um, and they shipped off another 1,000 to the camps. Oh, goodness. Yeah. In addition, they said that all Dutch men between the ages of 19 and 35 were required to register for work deployment to Germany. Of course mm-hmm. they were. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, my privilege. I right. can see why it these women you. would have done this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Assassinations were handled in pairs. Ah. And they were often on bikes. So the Dutch drive by. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Ding ding. One person would ride ahead ding, ding, pew, and pew. shoot the target. 
and another person would be behind them and follow up and shoot them again just to make sure they were good and dead. Okay. All right. Yeah. There you go. Follow yeah. up. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the thoroughness of the job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anything exactly. worth doing is worth doing twice. <laughs> exactly. Double tap. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> anyway, assassinations were handled in pairs. Truce and Freddie were often put together, and Hanny was paired with a man named John Bo- Bone Camp. Okay. Um, she and John worked together for about a year, and they became quite close. There's maybe there was some romantic involvement. Maybe it's not. It's also wartime, and who the heck? All the rules are gone. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway. She's also like what between fourteen and twenty at this point. Um, so. No, th- this is Hanny. She was okay. the older one. Oh, she so was the older she one. She would be twenty three. Right. Okay. They're so still young. Yeah, she's They're still, still getting, young. She's and he down. was probably about that age too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, during in nineteen forty four, during an assassination, John Bone Camp was seriously wounded. Oh, gotcha. and Hanny was wounded as well. Um, he was, he stumbled to a neighboring house and was taken to the hospital and the SS were called in and questioned him. They drugged him up and questioned him. Right. Um, he gave up the name of Hanny and her parents' address. Oh. He died the next day. Oh, no. Hanny wasn't there because Hanny was injured as well and she was in a safe house recuperating. She was like, it was one of those shot in the muscle of her leg kind of situations. So she just needed to, to recover. Right. Um, but, they the Nazis did take her parents into custody as leverage, oh, hoping no. that she would turn herself in because right. her parents were there. Save them, yeah. right? Yeah. Hanny did not. Ah, um, her parents were later released. Oh, um, when it didn't work. But she no became, way. That's a happy story, right? <laughs> right. I don't think that happened that often. Um, well, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> her father was a professor, so maybe his stature right. in the community. There had to be something in exchange yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they they weren't sure. They really didn't know who Hanny was at that point. Okay. Right. True. Hanny was still pretty anonymous. Gotcha. Um. So what she really did and what power she had was kind right, of... Right, right. They probably didn't realize. Um, she, as a result of John's death, became very depressed and reckless, which yeah. was uncharacteristic of her. Gotcha. Um, she was usually very careful and she was becoming forgetful. She wasn't as thorough in her... In her her assassination no, work. Her assassination work. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably more like you know the the assignments because she was recuperating the assignments she was given. But yeah, yeah. Um, she went into hiding. Um, dyed her hair yes. black. There it is. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. dye your hair and wore glasses. Oh, so she Clark Kennedy this situation. Yes. Exactly. No one recognized her in glasses. No one. You're right. <laughs> that is it. Right. So she's superwoman. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, she had taken on a very dark, fatalistic mood towards life. Mm. I did too at 19. <laughs> there you go. Uh, she wasn't keep people reported she wasn't keeping her normal neat appearance. Um she, her roots were starting to grow out. She was writing. Her I, roots were showing. Well, Oh, my God. It's kind of important when you're in hiding. (laughs) No, this is true. Yeah. And she was, you know, writing depressing letters to her friends. You know, it was tough. She was not in a good mind space. It was tough for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A few months later, uh, she was at a checkpoint and she was arrested because she was smuggling anti-Nazi flyers. Gotcha. 
They later, they arrested her and then later found her hidden gun and called the SS. Right. The officer saw the red roots and said, oh, you're the girl with the red hair. Oh. And that's how they knew her. The girl with the red hair. Um, Unfortunately, she was executed just three weeks before the liberation of the the Netherlands. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Almost made it. Yeah. Um. Truce and Freddie survived, but Whoa. they had wow. they had a tough time. Yeah, um, emotionally, right? Um, mm-hmm. They probably didn't them, expect to live through it. Both of them suffered from depression. Yeah. Um, Truce decided to become a uh, sculptor. Oh, mm-hmm. neat! And Freddie wanted a very low key life and just became a mother and gotcha. a housewife. Yeah, there you go. Um, Neither would admit when asked how much, how many people they killed. They said, we yeah. were soldiers and soldiers don't tell. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Also, soldiers don't count. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you know what I mean? They just, yeah. My husband yeah. was in the Iraq war. They just, they, it was not something you counted. It was not something you paid attention to. And it was mm-hmm. not something that you bragged about. Yeah. Um, that was for the, like the Navy SEALs or something. Exactly. <laughs> or the Marines or whatever. Exactly. That was a whole different thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. One of the cool things is Truce, Truce became a sculptor, mm-hmm. and they wanted the the uh, they wanted to create a sculpture memorializing the resistance. Yeah, and she submitted something anonymously, and hers was chosen. Oh. and it's a sculpture of Hanny. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And they have an annual commemoration of hanny every year with a parade and everything else look at that um there are also streets in the city of harlem named Mm -hmm. after all three of the women oh look at that Mm -hmm. oh very cool yeah oh yeah it was it was a fascinating fascinating story yeah there's a book that truce wrote uh but i can't find it in english okay gotcha Uh, it was printed in english but i couldn't get my hands on it yeah um, it's only available in dutch gotcha so. might be something to look out for yeah I'd, i would love to read it what were the two books you read i read our... and they're now in the library i was gonna say thank you thank you seducing and killing nazis <laughs> yes nice. by sophie poldermans and she collaborated quite extensively with truce in the writing of this perfect and three ordinary girls by tim brady and i understand that this book is going to be made into a movie oh mm-hmm. look so. at that there Very you have it cool yes oh my god isn't that amazing that is that fantastic is <laughs> right right thank you Rhonda. at sids yes exactly <laughs> i mean it's hard to follow up with oh no i'm not interested in, in in a book that's called seducing and killing nazis exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> i gotta right. read that exactly oh and i'm glad that it was that book that got you on the show finally you're right you have been i've been asking every month do you want to be on the show do you want to be on the show and you're like no 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 but yeah once you had an amazing story to tell right you're like right? sign me up yep exactly <laughs> exactly seducing <laughs> and killing Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it. But yeah. I love I I love that they found a way to um 
to be part of the war to use their you know what i mean yeah um to use their knowledge from their parents of being radicalized mm-hmm. and stuff like that for a greater good right i mean yes it's murder and my, the buddhist sensibility in me is like no that's bad but at the same time this is war exactly exactly <laughs> and this is survival and you know one nazi that you kill could be you know hundreds of thousands of people that you possibly save because they could right. be in charge of bringing somebody to the camps or they could be mm-hmm. in charge of assassination right or, and there are assassinations yeah. they always wanted to know why right. they were to- being told to kill these people right and before they killed them they would always call out their name oh. to make sure that they were killing the right person gotcha Look so they that. were considerate assassins. That is very nice accountability. <laughs> yes. They would be great at paperwork. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad they couldn't have any because it was secret. Right. <laughs> exactly. Did you ladies have any questions for Lisa? I'm assuming since they were born around 1920 that the other two ladies are no longer with us. Just because. No. Yeah. All like three. Yeah. Yeah. No. They died in, I think. Gosh, I didn't write it down. I want to say like the late 2000s. I was going to guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. There you go. But they yeah. did have a, a long, long life. life. They the did. Two. Gotcha. They did. There you go. Yeah. 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 It was very interesting. Yeah. And I guess towards the end of the war, um, the resistance groups started becoming more centralized. Makes they sense. started to become organized. And they were, the women were being pushed away to paltry little administrative oh, tasks of course yes and they ended up not getting the same kinds of pensions oh. that the men did Surprising. go figure right. yeah they fought that for a while and finally <laughs> they were it was agreed that yes they were owed those pensions there you go good the bletchley girls yeah. also had to fight for the longest time too yes to, you know like hey we kind of broke the codes y'all right <laughs> exactly exactly well that wraps it up for this week Join us next week for another cool woman of history as Gal's Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yay! For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gal's Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.